Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by the fired up Joel Holbert with his Al Horford t-shirt. I'm pretty sure yes. that you're rocking. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? I'm nervous, Jeremy. We just did a whole podcast in which I basically said the industry is dying, and yet here I am to record a podcast about that very industry. This looks set to be an unprecedented show. We've got some legitimately bad news. Um, we've got some wrestling to talk about, apparently, somewhere in here. It's been a pretty busy week, right? And I think this podcast will probably, uh, we'll try our best to cover it all. I think, I assume anyway. I was saying off air that I'm going to start recording our off air conversations because there's just a lot that we loosely talk about that when the Fightful documentary gets made, Sean and Jimmy are just going to put those in the documentary. And they'd be like, yeah, this is why we had to fire these two guys because <laughs> they. <laughs> Because they started doing this stuff on air, and we, we just couldn't be contained. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to be careful. We're blurring the lines here, right? We're gonna have to make sure we kind of we're aware of when we're on and when we're off. But nonetheless, um, been a quiet one, right, Jeremy? You haven't had no news to do this week, oh, right? Nothing to cover. Yesterday sucked, dude. I literally worked from nine to seven, and then eight to one. Like that, I had an hour break to do dinner. I exchanged gifts with my wife because it was our three-year anniversary. Shout out to her for understanding that, baby, I got to write about Primo and Epico being released. Ain't got time to, you know, celebrate my anniversary with you. Yesterday was terrible. And it wasn't even like, I'm fine with being busy. Being busy is great. I'd much rather be busy than like sitting around doing nothing. But this was just the worst kind of busy of like everyone got released yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're not gonna talk about saving money and profit margins and all this stuff. We're gonna try to focus on the wrestling and look at it from that perspective. Yesterday sucked though, Joe. It was it was bad and I knew it was gonna be bad with I, I think John Pollock had it first. He he sent mm-hmm. out a tweet that was like Vince is meeting with employees at noon about the important uh business and i put in the chat i was like today's gonna be fun and it certainly was yeah it was quite surreal actually because i think 
a lot of what happened yesterday was inevitable, not under not because of the circumstances, because the truth is they've so many wrestlers have been hired by that company. It's just so many guys. They haven't got enough spots for them, and that's obviously been highlighted by what's going on right now in the real world. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. It seems to be, you know, a pretty cold uh, approach to it. But it, I must say, after kind of seeing what was, like, expecting what was coming as far as guys getting released, inevitably you start considering who the guys are going to be, right? Still, seeing those names just get slowly added to that one dot-com article was genuinely surreal. Like, just seeing a guy like Zack Ryder, seeing a Heath Slayer, seeing Gallows and Anderson. Initially, it was just Anderson, and it became Gallows and Anderson. It's like... It didn't surprise me those are the guys that got cut. It was just such an odd moment. And seeing them all stacked up like that, Kurt Angle leading the like names, it was it was very, very bizarre, especially because it was such a contrast to every headline with them and talent over the last few years really has been either guy finally gets out of contract or, you know, they they, they sign someone. And here it was like, we've just released 20 guys. And there was all these producers. So it was a day to remember. It was, it was very, very um, unique just experience on social media. I think the worst part of like how they handled it, one, they didn't mention any of the producers or any mm. of the like NXT talent, but like they sent out the initial tweet where it was like, yeah, Hawkins, like just Gallows, uh, yeah. Leo Rush, Drake Maverick. It, it was like five, six guys. And then that was the only tweet they actually sent out. And then they just like updated the article. So you had to, if you wanted to know this stuff, you like, they weren't telling you this on social media. You just had to update this article and see, what new names were added. Obviously if you follow enough wrestling sites and reporters, they're going to tell you, but like if you just follow WWE, it's like those five guys were released and that was it. That was the only update on them. And you know, if you go to the actual WWE.com website, their, their headline is like Braun Strowman or something. They're, they're selling the undertaker's collector's box or, or something. Oh, wow. So like they, they just, it just seemed like a complete lack of like empathy for what they were doing. Yeah. And, and that was, just very troubling to just see on them. It really did put a spotlight on just how one-sided the kind of relationship between wrestler yeah. and WWE is, right? Like, we were just talking about it off air, and it's like, Mike Kanellis was the name you mentioned. He signed a five-year contract, and a few months later, he wanted out of that contract. He would never have been able to get out of that contract. Like, if he'd have gone home, it would have just been years of sitting around waiting. But on the other side, they can just, like, wrap up a deal like that. Like, that's... And that's not news to anyone, right? We kind of know that's how it works. But when you see guys like Gallows and Anderson, they just signed last year, they just signed long-term deals. That now means nothing, right? Like that kind of, it really highlighted how precarious that position is for them guys. And it is a shame that after years of signing every guy that, you know, came through the PC and took a bump, now it's like they've been released into a market without buyers. Now, we don't know that for sure. We don't know what AEW's situation is, but... I think you're going to see exceptions to that rule. I'm just saying that there is no worse time, basically, right, to be looking for opportunities in pro wrestling. So that part of it was a real shame, just from a human level. It, was, it just sucked to see. Yeah, you mentioned that Canellis, Gallows, and Anderson, they signed these big deals. And, yeah, if they ask for their release, they're not going anywhere. They, they get revivaled. They get Luke Harpered, and they just have to sit around and, and wait it all out. And then, But because of this situation, it's like, we need to save money. We're going to let you out of these big money deals. I hope, according to reports, NXT uh, talent that got released um, got 30 days pay and then they're free to do whatever they want. Main roster talent got 90 days pay and then they're free to do whatever they want. 
I hope that's the case. An optimistic part of me is thinking when this all returns to normal, these guys are going to be brought back. Like Gallows and Anderson, from a money perspective, I get it. They signed these big yeah. contracts. Like they're like they were on, they main evented WrestleMania. They were part of the WrestleMania main event anyway. Like they seemed like they were fairly safe. They were on television every week. They're with AJ Styles, who's one of their top guys, and then they're just like, they're just gone. And it's like okay, like Kurt Angle was the other one. He's he was a producer, yeah. and maybe maybe he just got furloughed and is is laid off and. He'll, he'll be back once things return to normal. But, like, he was on the release list, not the backstage producer report that they're just kind of laid off type of list. And that's why I hope these guys just get brought back. But it could be a thing of do they want to come back? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of unanswered questions. And, yeah, they released into, like, no market. Like, they hoarded all this talent because the market was strong. Because all these indies are there, AEW's there, and they didn't like they wanted all this talent for themselves. And now they release them during this time when nobody's signing any of these guys because no, nobody's running shows. Like no, even if you signed them, like you're just handing them money to do nothing because you're not actually running shows. Yeah, yeah the Gallows and Anderson example to me is just a total example of the failure of their whole approach now. Because I have no question what's about how good of a team they are. It was just obvious that every effort they made to actually use them guys was very kind of like half-hide, right? I mean, it's easy to pair them with Styles, and obviously AJ was happy to have them with him, but they were, they were just there because they didn't want them to go elsewhere. That's the truth of it, and this decision makes that even more obvious, right? Now, obviously, they didn't force anyone to sign these contracts. I'm aware of that. I'm not a fool. I get that part of it. What I'm saying is, is there was no reason why some of these situations, that one being the most prime example... Gallows and Anderson and WWE, they've reached the end of their, like, what they could do together, if that makes sense. Now, granted, as a fan, selfishly, I'm glad both of them guys got to be involved in the Boneyard situation. <laughs> that was more, you know, result of circumstance and the way things worked out. But generally speaking, this doesn't need to be how it's done, right? They got enough out of certain guys, and they could have just let them move on to the market that was waiting for them. Um, and they, they weren't interested in that. And it's a shame when you see now, they were so easily just discarded when they needed to cut some guys. It's just... It's a bummer, but again, they didn't need to sign the contracts. I'm aware. I'm just saying I don't think they ever should have been offered, really, to guys like that that could have easily just gone elsewhere and parted ways as fine as it was, right? They'd achieve what they had to achieve there at that point. Yeah, it was a curse that they signed these big money deals. Like, if mm. they if they had signed for 200000 instead of 500000 or whatever it was, yeah. maybe, they, maybe they wouldn't have been cut because it's like, all right, we got to <laughs> cut somebody else who signed these big money deals. But y'all are the ones who handed them out because you didn't want them to go mm-hmm. anywhere. So it's it was messed up yesterday. Yeah. It was tough. Um, let's switch to... Essentially, what are these guys going to do? Obviously, right now, they're not doing anything, unfortunately. When things return to normal, I think some people will be brought back to WWE. I'd be shocked if, like, Kurt wasn't brought back. Um, But you got other names, like Rusev was unhappy. Rusev didn't sign a new contract even during this little negotiation period. It seemed like his contract was going to be running out soon anyway. Gallows and Anderson... Leo Rush, Drake Maverick. There's a lot of talent that EC3, a lot of talent out there that that they released. What do you see for some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Kurt Angle. That seems like a lock. Heath Slater, I would assume, will end up back there. Sarah Logan, wouldn't surprise me if she went back there. Um, The other guys that you mentioned, I don't mean to be like kind of disrespectful to the ones I just said, but like the prominent 
the ones that people have been talking about for a long time going elsewhere, I don't think you'll see back there, basically, is, is what I'm saying. I mean, the Rusev one is fascinating because I think there's a real intrigue as to what his actual ceiling is outside of the WWE yeah. like confines. Because let's be honest, inside the confines, he very easily could have been a top guy. And I, I will, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan or anything like that. I'm just saying if you debate that at this point, you're being a little bit unfair because every time the guy got an opportunity at that, that level – like, he kind of delivered, right? He got over when he wasn't supposed to. He did everything on his end. So, I think mean, there's a lot of intrigue there. I'm excited, selfishly speaking. Like, again, bummed out they lost out on all that money. But, like, as a, as a guy that enjoyed a lot of Carl Anderson's work in New Japan, like, and Gallows, too, but Carl used to be able to branch out more. When you're a tag team guy in WWE, it's like, you might have one singles match to build your tag feud on Raw. <laughs> it ain't the same thing. If that you need sense. to go so, to SmackDown where you can defend the tag team titles yes. in singles matches. They should have thought of that. Right. <laughs> they should have thought of that before. But I mean, I'm excited to see some of these guys in different places. It's just a bummer it has to be under these circumstances, right? Like, if any one of them had just got out of their deals and they wanted to be out of them, that's one thing. I can be excited happily. But then when I'm scrolling through my feed and I see poor Drake Maverick, I mean, he's oh. got to go back. He's talented in so many ways. I'll be stunned if he isn't a guy that goes back eventually. I would just assume. The Drake Maverick thing is weird because he's still doing these cruiserweight matches. Oh, like God. he's yeah. still he's still gonna wrestle at least three times on NXT in the coming weeks. I that's so that's so strange to me how they mm. can release this guy and then be like, Hey, we still need you to wrestle these matches for us. Like that's gotta be really tough for him. That's gotta be tough for his opponent. Like it's just that's just an awkward situation. He's going to wrestle next week on NXT. And th this is the most interested I've been in NXT for a while <laughs> is, is watching yeah. a release guy wrestle and see just what kind of emotions he goes through when he's in the ring. It's, he's one is really tough because he's the best example of like, what more could he have done? Yeah. Right? Like baby face authority figure nails it. Hill manager that does the most absurd stuff nails it. Like, He's, and he's great when he gets a chance to go in the ring, and he, he wrestles with such passion and emotion. He's just wonderful, and he deserved better, but this is the way it's gone. The ones that – there was another one that bummed me out. It was like, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. Honest, I'm not even saying this in a like nasty way because I, I like him. I can't tell you one thing he did on the main roster. And I don't know when he went up. Like I'm aware it happened a long time ago at this point. <laughs> but it is an example of – what was even the point of doing the Noah Jose thing when there was never a spot waiting for him? He went up to a roster that had way too many people on it. He was never a thing of like, let's try and get Noah Jose over. Like, what a, I don't want to say a waste, because I'm sure he had a lot of fun doing it, and I'm sure he got paid well enough, but like, what a just absolute nothing that was. There's a character that kind of got over. They never even attempted to use it in any way. It was just, it was never even on TV consistently. Like, them ones to me are a bummer because I don't even think he got a chance to do anything like to foul. He just was left on the sidelines, right? No way, Jose. I remember seeing him in, at an NXT live event year. Yep. Like this is when uh, Nakamura first joined NXT, so that, that tells you how long ago mm -hmm. it was. Um, and and I, I was sitting there with my buddy, and he's like, "No way, Jose is just going to be the greatest opening act in WWE ever because." Yeah. He's going to come out these live events. He's going to get the crowd into it. A lot of crowd interaction and stuff. And, and that's going to be his role. And maybe he doesn't advance past that level, but that's still a good gig to have. If, if you're yeah. just the, the opening guy who, who gets the crowd fired up at live events and, and television shows and stuff like there's always a role 
for those guys. And they, like, it turned into no, like, Eric uh, Bugenheim, uh, I don't, Eric Bouges is yeah. whatever he's going by now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and NXT. It felt like he should have been the same thing, and then they just stopped using him. I, I think he may have had an injury, but, like, they just, they just don't use those guys anymore to just go out there, kind of do some crowd, like, R-Truth is a guy like that. R-Truth is going to remain over forever because he can just do these comedy bits and the crowd loves him and he's fine. Like, he's almost a last of a dying breed in that regards to where these guys have a good gimmick. All right, it's it's not a top-level gimmick. You're not going to be the main mm-hmm. event act, but you can still, you've carved out a role for yourself in, in the company yeah. and you can remain in that role and you can have a, a good, long, successful career. But yeah, they didn't have a plan for No Way Jose. I mean, I I have a similar experience here. I saw him at a live event, like when they came here, and it's you exactly nailed it there. Why give a guy a prelim gimmick, and then when he gets that prelim gimmick over, call him up to never be featured? Like yeah. neither of us are sitting here saying why didn't he win the 2019 Royal Rumble? We're not like we're not foolish here. We're we're being realistic. But why give him a prelim gimmick if he's not going to be able to be in the prelim part of the show? Like. He, and I know he was used. I'm aware that he has been seen at some point on Raw. I, I think he's been on Raw the whole time. But I can't tell you one segment. I can't tell you one match. I, I'm assuming he's losing How almost he every wrestled, match he had. He wrestled your guy Bobby Lashley on Monday. Yeah, no, I'm aware, I'm aware of that one. <laughs> I'm aware of that one for other reasons we discussed off air. But I'm just saying, like, I most guys I can say, I remember when they tried with the – I remember him like getting the customary squash match upon arrival, but I remember nothing in between that and then this Monday. It just seems like there was never a plan to actually use him, so why even put the gimmick on him in the first place? It just to me, them ones are they're very frustrating because the guy never got a chance to foul. He just got a gimmick, got it over, and then was lost in kind of translation for two years. It's, it's so bizarre to me. Uh, Rusev and and Leo Rush are the two I'm very interested in because yeah. you mentioned Rusev. Yeah, his his ceiling in WWE was what it was. It should have been much higher. He should have been a a top guy with multiple. I don't know world at least one world title reign given who they've put that world title on. Uh, but multiple singles titles as well could play any role. They asked him to do comedy characters. He do that. He could play a serious character. I just wonder if Rusev, and I mentioned this off air, but is he going to go the Ryback route or is he going to go the Cody route? Because it's it's two different. Everybody thought Ryback had all this potential in the world too. And WWE misused him and they didn't pull the trigger when they needed to. And Ryback went on the independent scene and didn't really do much of anything. And now he's doing his podcast. Cody released around the same time. He went out, busted his ass, and like look at the position he's in. Like, is Rusev going to be a guy where he's going to go out, do the work, bust his ass, prove everybody wrong, or is he just going to be so maybe beaten down by the system Mm. to where he's just like, I'm just going to sit at home, make some money doing a podcast, and I'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, I have first things first. Ryback too often gets kind of like. People just dismiss him, not in the way you just did. I mean, his WWE career, because like there is a truth that he was legitimately popular, and they yes. did totally squander it. Like, there's, I'm not going to have any kind of question of that. Whether you agree with that decision or not, it happened. That's the truth, and he's not lying when he says it. I don't think Rusev will have to be the kind of campaigning guy that Cody was. Cody's stuff was he did such a great job of setting himself up from like the first step to where he is, he is now. I mean, you have to see that from Rusev, but I just think. The AEW audience, and I'm going to just assume them first things first, 
like they're like the the biggest group of non WWE fans, if that makes sense. Now whether that's true or not, and they actually don't watch Raw, I have no clue. That's just my like perception of it. That fan base thinks of Rusev differently to Ryback, and what I mean by that is I don't think he'll need to have like max effort to get at least some kind of run out of this. I think whether it's New Japan or AEW, I think people like feel very highly and positively towards Rusev. Whereas with Ryback, I think his whole look and the way he got that initial push, people were kind of torn on whether he was good. <laughs> and that, maybe that's unfair, but I think that's the truth. Like, I think most people that enjoy alternative products like Rusev, and for that reason alone, I think he's entering a market eventually that will be very accepting of him. It's just a matter of then when he gets there, will he be able to adapt? Because some guys don't adapt great outside of that WWE style. Like, that's the thing that's happened before too. Like, there's been some super t- like Shelton Benjamin's example of a guy, super talented guy, and he had a fine run outside WWE, but it never felt like he figured out like how to maximise his talent outside of that structure almost. With a Rusev's running guys, you'd never know until you see it, right? Like he might be a perfect fit elsewhere, but I'm pretty confident he'll be he'll have a good run. I don't know how like how impactful he'll be, but I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be a Ryback per se. No, <laughs> right well, with Ryback. People by the end of his run, I think, realized that they did screw up. Remember he was doing, like, Lucha stuff with Kalisto? They called him Flyback yes. and everything. Like, people were like, oh, man, Ryback's, like, actually good. Like, when he got released, yeah. people were excited to see what this guy could mm. do on the independent scene. And he just, whether whether it was injuries, whether it was beaten down, whatever it was, it just didn't translate. And, or, you know, like you said with, with Shelton Benjamin, he just being outside that system some of those guys like just only know that system and so yeah, they just can't yeah. can't adapt elsewhere like ryback didn't have an aew to go to i don't i don't know what yeah. his offers were with, with tna or roh or anything like that but like he didn't have an aew to go to maybe his career could have been different if he did um cody obviously he didn't have an aew to go to either he was just like i'm gonna go everywhere i'm gonna work i'm gonna expand my style and then he's mm-hmm. at where he's at. Yeah, Rusev will be accepted by the AEW audience. I'm with you on can he make it work? Like, is he only known to the WWE style? Like, Matt Hardy is kind of in a similar boat of... Like, Matt Hardy is obviously very good outside of WWE, but a yeah. lot of his stuff... And it, the, the broken Matt stuff isn't even a WWE gimmick, but it just feels so gimmicky. That it, that it is yeah. WWE. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the best examples you just mentioned about when Ryback left, that the industry then, there wasn't a ton of options, right? Like Impact was in Reboot 2002. Um, I think a good example from around that time was, and I, it, ironically, he's doing good stuff in NWA now, but Sandow, when he left, is a good example. Yes. Do you remember how excited people were about that? And I'm not knocking him because I think he's incredibly entertaining in NWA, but he was definitely a guy who left the WWE system and it was like, okay, we're going to present him as a back-to-basics guy. He ain't going to do any of that silly stuff he did. For and it was like, oh, my God, what a miss. Like, he's good at the silly stuff. So I I am interested to see – this just imagine for a second that Rusev goes to New Japan and they're like, okay, this just like – we want him to just be a badass, just a, a destroyer. It will be interesting if people look at that and are like, this is bland. This don't do it for me. Because that sometimes happens. Like, it will be, it will be very, um, it will be a good case study to see Rusev. Because I think I agree with you. People were interested in Ryback, and people were definitely excited for Sandow. But I think everyone agrees that like Rusev is a legit top tier talent. He's not a guy that got over and was capable. I think 
as you said it, man, he had versatility. He covered a lot of different, like he got over in a lot of different ways. So if he struggles to kind of adapt, it will be, it will be very interesting to see the reaction to that. Uh, Leo Rush was the other name. That's another guy mm-hmm. where if he's into it, I mean, Leo Rush has talked about doing his music for even while he was in WWE. So maybe his, his head is just more in music right now, but if he's into it, that, that guy's money on mm-hmm. wherever he goes because he was already a great wrestler before he went to WWE. Like that's what got him signed by WWE. He proved with the Lashley stuff that he can talk and has charisma as well. I would imagine he ends up in AEW, but if he goes on just like a, a complete independent, like give me Leo Rush and the best of super juniors. I, oh that's, man. That's fantastic to me. So yeah. like, I think Leo Rush can go anywhere and kill it, assuming at, assuming he his head is into it and he's not like, ah, I'd rather just do music stuff. Yeah, it's, it's hard to gauge with him, but I that was the thought in my mind was like, some of the juniors in New Japan, he could just do incredible stuff with. Just purely speaking on athletic like, level, there's so much stuff he could do. All of, he He's a very interesting one because he isn't just like a, a really good athlete that has great matches. He has shown like, he has so much personality and he can get over as like a awesome small baby face or as an arrogant, hateable heel. And like, that's pretty unique for a guy of his age. And he's experienced, but he's not like he's been on TV for a decade, right? Like, he's a real asset when you look at him just purely in that sense. But it is a matter of what he wants to do. It, that's really the only limit on where he goes next. He might not want to commit somewhere, but even still, I hope we get some good stuff out of it, if nothing else. Zack Ryder was a, a big name because mm-hmm. he's been there forever. And Cody is already putting him over on, on Instagram. Yeah. So people are thinking, oh, well, Zack Ryder's going to go to AEW. I mean, look, if Zack Ryder wants to go to AEW, he can go. I, I don't know if he's going to be like, – he just might be on a Sean Spears level, honestly. I, just, I don't know what the ceiling is for Zack Ryder. And I think Zack Ryder is great, mind you. I think Zack Ryder is going to be criminally underrated in the history of wrestling because like YouTube shows and stuff, he mm-hmm. social media, he was doing all this stuff before – like people want to credit Xavier Woods for what he's been able to do with um, Up Up Down Down, and people want to credit the Young Bucks of being in the Elite and stuff. Like Zack Ryder was doing the the Long Z Long Island True Story stuff. Like he was doing that before any of this stuff. Like Zack Ryder really carved something out for himself and got himself over because of it. And then John Cena kissed his girlfriend, and that was the end of it for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna do something for you here. I know you're the Cena guy on this podcast. <laughs> John kissing his girlfriend was definitely not as damaging as Kane throwing him off of the stage yes, in a wheelchair. But that was that was the fatal blow, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they did <laughs> they did the 101 and how to kill Zack Ryder, right? Like, they just murdered that poor guy. And um, you're right, he was very innovative, and he did have a, like an actual impact, and he kind of set the tone for things. I think he is a lot for AEW. Like, I'm totally understand what you're saying. I'm not saying he's going to go there and have some incredible run where he does like, oh my god, he unlocks his ceiling. I just think. Like watching how he's kind of handling his brand with the with the thing with Hawkins, you know the show they have. Yes. I just feel like him going to AEW will land to kind of unlock that in a different way. I feel like because they've got the figure line coming right, and someone kind of pointed that out on social media it was like it would just be an easy fit. He'll he'll have a lot more freedom with what he's doing. I, it looks like he's pretty free in that sense anyway. But maybe you're right. I just saying that I feel like if he was going to AEW, Cody wouldn't be so overt with the Instagram posts and such, but. <laughs> Either way, man, that's part of having a promotion, right? Just hire your friends. But 
Zach deserves a spot somewhere. You're right. He had an actual impact on the industry. And he is going to be underrated in history because the people that decided what happened on TV didn't want him to have that influence, right? Like, they killed it. That's just what happened. So we, those of us that watched didn't know that. But in 20 years, no one will know that's what happened. It's just He's just one guy who held, like, the IC title once. So I'm with you. I, I think AEW, but he's in the kind of the Slater boat where it's like he could very easily just go back as soon as this is over. You know, hopefully that is soon, but as soon as it is. And he's engaged to uh, Chelsea Green. And the, yep. the couple's thing always – like this is why when, when Moxley, when it was first reported, yeah, Moxley's done. Like he's leaving. Like I always had the inkling in the back of my head. All right, I believe that he's unhappy creatively. Like I believe all of these stories. He still has a wife there. And like mm-hmm. does he want to be separated from her you know, all those days? Fortunately, the AEW schedule isn't like you're traveling all the time. So they could probably still easily make it work, but it's tough to to be away from your significant other like that. And that's why you said Sarah Logan, you think she's just going to end up back in WWE. And like, I agree with that because Raymond Rowe was there. And so it just seems like naturally she would just be brought back and and things would be fine. But yeah, Zack Ryder, I, I always think when there is a couple like that, that they'll just end up together. Obviously, People have made it work. Moxley and Renee, Adam Cole, and, and Britt Baker. So it can work. Just in my head, I'm always thinking couples would rather stay in the same company. No, I think that's a good point. I think it is important to always stress that Moxley is definitely an anomaly. Like, yes. he's very much not the guy to kind of look at trend-wise and be like, okay, I guess couples are just going to be happy. Like, no, you're <laughs> right. You're 100% right. And Moxley is going to do his own thing regardless. I mean... I don't know how many of the release guys jump in to have some of the matches Moxley has had since like since leaving them. So I'm with you. That makes a lot of sense. I I mean the question I guess is, and I don't want to kind of like, we don't know where it, where Chelsea Green is in the company, right? Like they have yeah. so many females in next I'm not saying like she's gonna get fired. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying we don't know if her foot is just in the door or she's already kind of because it seemed like Deonna Perazzo was like it ends with it already from what she posted on social media, right? Like so. I have no clue where any of this things are at this point, but you do make a good point, definitely. Yeah, and who knows, after all this, like, Ryder's gone, Perrazzo's gone, Chelsea just might be like, all right, when this is over, I'm mm-hmm. kind of ready to be done as well. So by the time Ryder even has to make his decision, Chelsea might not even be there anymore. So could be could be an easy decision. But, but I do think AEW's schedule helps in that regard. Like, if you're getting a paycheck and you only got to work that one time a week, yeah, Moxley... He's different. He's still going to go to Japan and do all of that stuff. Like Britt Baker, I think is maybe a better example because it's like she's going to work the one time a week. She's, she has her dentist office, but otherwise you know, she's not traveling across the world six days a week away from Adam Cole, who's in Florida. You know, for the most part, they're it seems like they're together a fair amount. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with Zack Ryder. He's Slater. I think he's probably just going to end up back there. Kurt Hawkins, yeah. like. Does AEW take Kurt Hawkins just along with Zack Ryder? Probably. I, I mean, I would have said, like, I, I, don't, I didn't mean that to be dismissive of Kurt. Like, he seems like one of the most beloved people in the whole industry. Like, I don't think he'll have a problem, whether it's staying with Zack or just going back. I mean, I always find, found it so refreshing and admirable when he went back during the brand split time. I remember when they had that brief, like, rehiring process, when they redid the brand split and they brought Hawkins back. And he was like, yeah, I'm here to just, like, put guys over and be a part of the roster. And it was like... He had he was just so happy to be a part of that. Like, you know, he's got guaranteed money again, right? So he'll have no problem. He'll he'll have a big guy that goes back with Ryder 
war without him, or he might end up in AW with Ryder. So, again, it's like the schedule thing. If they're split up, it's still... It isn't what it used to be, right? No company's going to be running 300 dates a year for any time soon. Uh, it's just no. not happening. It's like... The, the business has changed, Jeremy, right? <laughs> the business has changed. It isn't that big of a deal anymore. So Hawkins will be fine, I think. But I, I would expect him to probably stay with Ryder for now. Anything else on the releases and where people... I feel like we covered most of the major names. Yeah. EC3 is another one where just kind of criminally underused. He did have the concussion issues, but just another guy who was brought up with no actual plan. He, I mean... I disagree with you. There was a plan to absolutely destroy him. Like, and and people can get angry at me saying that, and like, oh, don't act like they're this big evil corporation. I'm not doing that. But just look at the facts. He's a promo guy that was brought up as a mute. Like, yeah. Uh, if you, you look at that, what I've just told you, and are like, no, nah, man, it was a plan to get him over. Like, and then they had him work as a babyface against Ambrose, and like, Moxley has laid the whole thing out as to why it was constructed to kill him, and he was right. We saw it happen at the time. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't cover him when we were talking for names because I've legitimately not seen him as a WWE guy for so long. Like, <laughs> the conversations have already been had, right? I would love to see him on NWA Power. I think he would be an amazing he would fit be there. Great in yeah. NWA. AEW is another guy that can talk. No issue with that. He's awesome, man. I'm, a, I'm an EC3 guy. I think he gets way too much. Like, he did that big Twitter thread where he kind of hinted at it. And there's a lot of WWE fans that are just like, he's not even good. It's like, man, he didn't get a chance to be good. Yeah. Like, he he really didn't. And the idea that people kind of, um, like, have decided he's not all that because they didn't watch any of his stuff outside WWE, that's kind of ignorant to me. So I just hope wherever he goes, he reminds everyone of how, like, entertaining he can be because he really can be entertaining. He More than that, he can be a top a top heel or babyface for a promotion. So hopefully he is that wherever he ends up. I, I really hope for them. All right, Joe, I got a gimmick pitch for you oh, no. here. Okay. Rowan goes oh, to God. AEW yep. as Brody Lee's <laughs> Kevin Dunn. So he's just pointing and they're doing camera cuts all the time during the Brody Lee mm. segments. I, this is money right here. Print it. You know, when you was talking about the schedule of AEW, I was like, I was sitting here thinking, if I was a WWE guy, I would look at Brody's stuff in AEW and I'd just be like, man, they're letting him do this stuff. Like, I could, <laughs> what would I get away with if I went to Dynamite? Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I really did kind of think about that part of it. Because I know that Brody's, like, friends with Rowan, right? They're like an actual friendship, and I know yeah. he always speaks highly of him. Like, is there a chance that in one year's time, Jeremy, we're going to be sitting here like, weird that they beat uh, Brody and Rowan again in the AEW Tag Team Tournament? <laughs> like, like, are they just going to be a team? You know, I have no clue. Because it's going to be hard to bring him in. Rowan could be a guy that goes to New Japan and has, like, this sneaky, awesome run that no one sees coming. It might not even be New Japan, but, like, All Japan or something. But he's actually a legit, talented big man. It's just you would never know because he has a big spider in a cage. Now the spider's dead. Drew McIntyre oh. crushed it. Oh, he did. You're right. Well, he did have <laughs> a big spider in the cage. That was very sad. At least we got the reveal, though, right, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean... Imagine, imagine, Joe, if they booked all of oh. this and they never did the reveal and then they released them. One of wrestling's greatest unsolved mysteries if that had happened. Imagine the stock market if that <laughs> happens, huh? Plummets in a day just because we didn't get the reveal. I'm glad we tied up the loose ends of nothing else with the incredible Eric Rowan character. 
who for at least two months last year was like suddenly positioned as a major heel in the federation. So weird time for him. I think again, like there's options. I don't know how well paying they are, but I think he'll probably be the guy that surprises people because I think he's actually capable of being a pretty fun big man. Do you think they'll have a, do you, my worry with signing Eric Rowan is he's going to try to murder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply your top star and i don't know if you want that in yeah. your locker room it depends how good your top star is right like, i mean <laughs> i mean some promotions they may look at it like as a, as a positive I don't, I don't know where everyone's at with this kind of thing but i'm with you i'm, I'm with you i mean it is a little bit interesting me he's managed to kind of slide that underneath his resume right like he <laughs> like it's like tag team champ did this had a big spider and then underneath that it's like attempted murder once like Samoa Joe was startled by that. Do you remember that angle, Jeremy? What a time it was in the that feels like years ago. What a, by the way, what a time it was when the biggest concern on our mind was was it a work or a shoot with Ronda's tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe was two days ago we discussed this. And now it is the least important thing in the whole industry. So yeah, I think all of these guys are talented and will be fine. And the ones that are less likely to secure jobs elsewhere will probably just get brought back. Obviously, as much as we always try to make light of different things and joke about this and joke about that, obviously we're bummed out about the whole thing, right? It's brutal. It sucks. We hate it. hate to see it. But I think we're pretty confident in the more talented guys. We'll bring back anyone that doesn't have that success. We hope so anyway. If nothing else, we hope so. Yeah. Um, I hope everybody is able to land on their feet. Some people sounded optimistic. Leo sounded very optimistic he said he's going to be good and everything and leo was the one that kind of like hit me the hardest because I've, I've covered a lot of his topics about him talking about depression and, and stuff like that and like that that hits me hard because i go through a lot of those same issues so um i i know it's it's a tough time for all those guys diana sounded like she was taking it kind of tough even though maybe yeah. she she had one foot out or something but some people took it harder everybody took it hard um in the end don't blame WWE because it's not their fault. Uh, the hypocrisy. <laughs> I won't get into that. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to vanity search this podcast and come yell at us. I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I mean, I I really don't want to be like a dick. I, I think Seth had very good intentions he did. with what he did. I just think he's a little bit deep in that bubble right now. And I... I, I as a quote, it is one of the worst quotes you can do right now. But watching it, I didn't want to be like mean about the guy because I just think he didn't mean any harm, right? Like he legit was like bummed out about what happened. I just don't know how he manages to do this so often. I really don't. <laughs> I feel for him, man, because I say some dumb stuff, but I'm even like, Jesus, calm it down, Seth, right? Like, the, the quote was fine outside of the. It's upsetting to see people angry at WWE. Just leave yeah. that part out of it. Yeah. Like just, just leave. If people want to be upset at WWE and they have every right to be given the situation, let them be upset. Like, don't say that upsets you. Like, it's just. And then getting yeah. online and going after people for 
calling him out on and it's just like dude seth come on come on yeah i always think it's a bad sign when like you do something online and if i'd have just laid out what happened any person could be like oh seth did that (laughs) that, and it's again it's not that he's like just being an ass like he just i think he just doesn't get how it comes across because i know that he's aware of like he isn't like a top guy that just doesn't get it and there's never experienced any of this stuff i just think he can't quite fathom the way social media reacts, even though people are reacting in the most like obvious way ever to people getting fired, right? Like, of course they're reacting that way, Seth. Just leave it for the day. But as we saw a lot on yesterday on social media, right, people just couldn't leave their gimmicks aside for a day, right? Like it was just brand warfare continued on while twenty five people lost their jobs. But yeah, Seth was involved in it, as as you'd expect. On brand, I, I sent you two distraction production meeting DMs, and one was the the Seth Rollins, and the other one was moxley and hager sucked and you were like neither of these are surprising <laughs> let's well, let's talk <laughs> yeah go into it yeah go ahead let's talk about moxley and hager look full credit to AEW. they sold me on this match tony khan is out here this this speaks to aew's credibility because tony khan is out here saying best empty arena match ever like the greatest empty arena match of all time jim ross is hyping it up i listened to an interview with john moxley and he's like yeah we did something different you know we presented it in a different way so the crowd be not being there was noticeable and stuff like they they did a great job trying to hype this as like a real fight and everything they got mike goldberg joe mike goldberg was on the program talking about not being virtually identical, talking about Hager's precise precision and all of this stuff. And the match was awful. Just 30 minutes of of nothing. And look, Jake Hager is never going to excite me. He didn't excite me as Jack Swagger. He has been not great since his WWE run. I love John Moxley. Maybe he was worn out because he's been... Uh, fooling around with Renee all over the house. Those are his words, not mine. But this was just, this match was not good. Yeah, I have no idea what anyone was talking about when they were saying this was different. Or like, I didn't get anything different or creative out of this. Like, it had an intense open. And you could tell they were going for like, this is a real fight and a clash of styles. And then they were just like brawling. Like, like every match. I didn't think there was anything interesting about this. Uh, and... I didn't expect it to be good. I knew it would kind of... I mean, Jim, Jim Ross... It, like I have been pro Jim Ross on this podcast. <laughs> Whose idea was it to have this man do a solo set over a 30-minute empty arena match? Yes. It was like he was actually leaving openings for the colour guy to speak. And it was just silence. It was it was terrible. I, that didn't help. The Hager thing is a real thing, too. Like This isn't a guy who's just... like You know Baron Corbin? Sometimes we're like... He's just not. Is he a top guy? I don't know if he deserves his TV time. Maybe his feuds too long. It's like Hager is just not it, man. Like, and I, I know he's a legit tough guy, a badass. I get it. I'm aware, but I will never care. I'm sorry, I won't. And this, by the way, beyond just him himself, I'm so done with the MMA deal. Are you not done with it too? Like the thing about like promotions don't know how to present it. Like pro wrestling is now like just a fighting style. And MMA guys, like, I think Excalibur was like, if this was in a cage, Hager would have the advantage. And I'm just like, I'm done with this stuff, man. Like, MMA fans don't care. No MMA fan cares about Jake Hager to begin with. 
You're not like drawing a crossover audience. You're just doing stuff that, to me as a wrestling fan, is less interesting than two wrestlers facing each other. I get nothing out of it. Is this just me, Jeremy? I don't know. Maybe you can help. The MMA stuff doesn't register with me because we we both watch MMA. Yes. And like if (laughs) Jake Hager and John Moxley are in an actual fight, like yeah, Hager probably just takes him down and taps him out, and like that's it. But it's like it's a wrestling match, so it's going thirty minutes. This is what I don't like about any uh like the the edge and orton match gargano and champa and by the way jim ross being on the call it was like a mix of whoever called edge and orton and then the nobodies <laughs> that called champa and and gargano it's like somber tones but then also quietness and it's like yes. so he tried to combine i mean this match kind of felt like they combined both of those matches which is is not a compliment um but the, this we're gonna present it as a fight like the this is the third quote unquote fight we've seen over the last couple of weeks now. Did they not realize like fights like this don't last 30 minutes? Like if you just punch oh. somebody in the face and throw <laughs> them into tables and barricades and, and like elbow them and stuff like it's over. And yeah. if it's not over, it ends after 25 minutes on a decision if it's a title fight. So it doesn't go 30 minutes regardless. Like it just fights don't last real fights don't last as don't try to present this as oh this is a real fight they don't last this long yeah but this is what happens they want their they want to have their cake and eat it too look i did not like the kane velasquez brock lesnar match okay i did not it does nothing for me i watch real mma i don't need to see two guys doing fake mma but at least that played out as though it was an mma fight right yes he jumped in his guard brock submitted him if I was someone that had never watched MMA, perhaps somehow I could believe that those two men just had a fight. I don't know how that happens, but there's a chance. No MMA fight spills into the crowd. And it does not help when Jim Ross is like, this is what happens. Like, pro wrestling's different. Like, it's, it's a little bit more... Like, at one point, Moxley got on top of... Um, he did the steal in the corner where you throw the punches on a guy, right? Right. And Jim Ross was like, here you see the more traditional pro wrestling stylings from John. And he's like, so are we to suggest then that if these pro wrestlers got in there with the UFC guys next week in the octagon, they would be busting out like arm drags and running the ropes and stuff. Like, I just, I don't know who it's for. I didn't, I mean, the truth is, if Ronda Rousey's crossover was like, it was a thing, but it wasn't like a blockbuster, you don't need to do this stuff with Jake Hager. Like, you definitely don't need to show me Josh Thompson being, like, 30 seconds arm triangle and then have a 35-minute match. Like, I don't need that. I Honestly, there is – I don't want to be – look, Hager is fine for what he did was Jericho's heavy. That's fine. And I appreciate that they're trying to make the most of a talent that isn't, like, totally – like, he's got a lot of rough edges. And they were trying to make something of him. They made it a worthwhile project. But at the end of the day, the match has to happen, and I just don't care. I'm sorry I don't. And – and like kind of framing him as this badass, it's like I don't none of us buy it. No one in the world thought he was gonna win the match. Right? And this is where Jeremy, I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna do it twice in one show. The business has changed, right? The reason AEW's product is popular with their audience is because they are kind of going more with like a lot of traditional tropes are gone. It's like, for example, here's an example. Okay, the last pay-per-view, they did the Orange Cassidy match, right? Where he had like a bunch of comebacks. And he run wild. And it was like, people love that match, right? Traditional wrestling mindset would have been, we're going to squash Orange Cassidy because we want Puck to look good. They got rid of that in order to entertain that crowd because people don't think wrestling's real anymore. I'm sorry I break it to everyone, folks. It's the <laughs> truth. It didn't help. It wouldn't have helped Puck any of you to squash Orange Cassidy. It just would have made it a less enjoyable experience for everyone. 
that's awesome. Doing an MMA build, which is all built on us actually believing Hager is like going to destroy Moxley in this wrestling match, is the opposite of that because everyone that watches AW is fully aware that was not happening. So you, all you did was give us a 30-minute match that really wasn't enjoyable to me in any way purely because I was supposed to buy into this idea that he was like a badass. I know better. I wasn't into it. I think you can do this real sports build. I mean, it works in other companies easily. I don't think it works with the MMA stuff, though, like you said, yeah. because we know these guys can actually fight. Like, like the the Moxley-Brock thing is a similar example because we, we knew Brock was a fighter, but it's like Moxley's a crazy man. And so maybe you can just come in there and hit him with a bunch of stuff and, and beat him up and whatever. And then Brock just squashed him anyway. Um, but, like, if you try to present this stuff as a fight with an MMA fighter, I... I don't think it, it works that way. Like if you if you do this with a real sports build with Moxley and Jericho, and they did to an extent, like they did the yeah. weigh in and all that stuff. Like Cody and Aldis, they did this with Cody and Aldis, and like that worked. Like with two pro wrestlers, it works. You try to do it yeah. with an actual fighter, it doesn't work at all. I like the Brock and Kane match because, yeah, at least if you're gonna do fake MMA, do it quickly with these guys yeah. I, I don't need it to go 30 minutes and once i saw that this match was starting at 9 30 <laughs> i was like are they really gonna go this long Dude, the hager match against dustin at, at revolution okay. that match wasn't good and that match had was a crowd long. and yeah. yeah it was too long and like the that was the like opening match too like the crowd was mm -hmm. hot for that because they love dustin as well and it's like you oh this long jake hager match in front of a crowd uh, opening match against a guy they love, it died because of Jake Hager. Now you're going to do this match with John Moxley with no crowd. You're going to make it even longer. Of course, it's going to die. Yeah, I mean, two things. First, I'm glad you made that kind of um, adjustment on what I said. To be clear, folks, the real sports build is awesome when it's a professional wrestling build, right? Yeah. Like, I think both of us, our ideal wrestling is when you have a match that's built on. Two guys, two contrasting personalities, two top guys. What's going to happen when they get in the ring? I think both of us love that, right? What I'm saying is, you phrased it a lot better than me. What I'm saying is, I don't like it when it's only real because there's an MMA guy in there. Right. Especially when that MMA guy is only in Bellator because he has a pro wrestling following. So now, <laughs> he, is, he is more of a pro wrestler in Bellator than he is in AEW. I have no clue what I just said and if that makes sense, Jeremy. <laughs> but I think it's true. Because I'm pretty sure he does, like, We the People in Bellator and cuts heel promos. He does. And, like, he gets he, Jim Ross Jim Ross is, like, I mean, he is a huge Hager guy, right? Like, it's full Dr. Death level. Like, <laughs> the end of the show, like, they're in, they're in the ring for, like, two minutes after the match ends. And it's just going on. You know, and Jim Ross finally gets his opportunity. He's, like, got to give credit to Hager, though, right? Did himself proud. I was, like, no, I don't have to. <laughs> just leave it now. I, I don't know where you go from here with Hager, like, do you use what you've built up here to just get other baby faces over? Or I have no clue. Because obviously this was always the end game. You just steal a Moxley match out of him. And they did steal one, definitely. But what's next? I have no clue. I, I think with Hager, you hope you can sign Jeff Cobb and actually give Jericho a heavy that can do something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they get Cobb, that faction is like elite in every way. I didn't mean to say elite. It wasn't like a pun. I just It's just a word I like, okay? Yeah. But... Like, yeah, there no. is a limited ceiling with this shooter <laughs> stuff. When we talked about the Brawl yeah. for All last week, like, I said, yeah, hey, you can do you can do Bart Gunn as a shooter. Of course, the second Austin beats him, it's like, all right, then 
where else can you really go from that? You can get a good one month, uh, you know, a quick little title match out of this. You can build them up over guys that you don't necessarily need. Like essentially what they did with Jake Hager. But the second one of these guys loses, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of dead Mm. at that point. And unless they are somebody like a Brock Lesnar, who is actually an actual pro wrestler first, Jake Hager. I mean, yeah, I guess he is a pro wrestler. You said he's more pro wrestling in MMA than, than MMA (laughs) fighter in pro wrestling. But Jake Hager, like, let's be honest, Jake Hager is not Brock Lesnar. No, no. And there's a million reasons for that that we don't even (laughs) need to discuss. It's just the way it is. It's not a knock on Jake Hager. No one is Brock Lesnar, right? The guy is an anomaly again. I thought the best attempt at the whole classic pro wrestling style versus MMA was Ronda. Because, she, and look, again, I'm not going to get into work shoot stuff here, Jeremy. I'm just talking about the professional wrestling performances of Ronda Rousey. But I thought they did a good job in some of those matches where she tried to out-wrestle, professional wrestle, top women. And like that was why the match became a struggle, if that makes sense. She did a pretty good job at with Banks. Uh, the second match with Alexa where they went like like inexplicably long um and it was always kind of position that she was trying to like prove herself as a pro wrestler she had natty in her corner and stuff that was all fine and i could kind of like get through it but when it's hager it's hager is a wrestler first like in bellator the whole thing of hager is here is a guy who used to be a, a world champion wrestling like here he is transitioning and it's the opposite in AEW. so i don't need it with hager if you're going to do the hager push just do the push don't frame him to me like he's like and a, a top heavyweight in MMA because it's just it's just not necessary. Basically, is that's really what it comes down to. It's the guy they're doing it with and the way they're doing it. How dare you? He's undefeated in MMA. I guess he lost by DQ. Um, I think it was no contest. I think. No. All right, so but, still technically, yeah, undefeated. I just <laughs> yeah. honestly, my bigger problem, and people yelled at me on Twitter about this. Oh no! Like, yeah. Oh my oh. god! You should have seen this last night, Joe. Is I said oh. Tony Khan's credibility took a hit and people are like, I can't believe you would say this on a day where Vince McMahon did all of this. I was like, Oh my, are we really brand warfaring right yeah, now? Yeah. It's like yeah. Tony Khan came out and said, this was going to be the greatest empty arena match ever. Don't give me this hyperbole on this stuff. Yeah. And this is, this is a credit to AEW <laughs> to where they've built up this credibility to where you can say these kind of things. But, but if you're going to say these things like deliver and AEW, you know what was the oh we got a major announcement and it's like hey florida bash at the beach is coming to your town and it's like great <laughs> that really helps the rest of us out in the world and then yeah. like Khan even yelled at that guy's like hey let's not hype this thing and then deliver for only one certain set of market like that's what this felt like we hyped this as the greatest match ever and like one select little market liked this match. And I don't even know what that market is, but if you like this match, you're in the minority, it seems like. <laughs> wow, what a damning comment that is. If you like this match, you suck. You <laughs> might as well have just said, look, people are going to be upset right now because they're going to say, he's a wrestling promoter, allow him to promote. We get this. The problem is, is you have like a certain amount of good faith built up, Right. And TNA, once upon a time, they wrote the book on this because they signed they signed to me and were like, we've got a major star coming, folks. All of the pay of you to see him, right? Like, and here's Tyson Tomko. Yeah, that's what happens is eventually you get to a point where you could have an actual, like, ace in the hole and people are like, oh, I don't believe him. I'll believe when I see it, right? AEW has been amazingly good. I mean, I agree with you that social media thing is – a lot of the social media stuff is kind of – they're blunders, but – 
overall, they have done a good job of like, if I invest my time and money in AEW, they will entertain me. And if they do that, you know, I can kind of let some stuff go. But you're right. Like, the next time he hypes something, it's impossible not to think back to this. We ended up hating it. <laughs> and he'd seen it. He saw the same thing we did. He loved it and we hated it. So, no, it matters. It does matter. It's like the whole babyface announcer thing, right? Like, he should be the guy you trust. And in this case, Tony Khan, because he's like the front man and he is the actual owner of the company, it's like he, when he says something now, it's impossible not to think back to this where he told us it was going to be this all-time moment. And in the end, it was just a match that neither of us actually enjoyed watching. So, yeah, no, you're right. It's a real thing. I'm very upset that you got attacked on Twitter, though, Jeremy. That's not, there's no need for that, right? I mean, people were – look, Tony Khan may have been a little hyperbolic about what he said about this match. But, you know, he didn't release a bunch of employees yesterday. So who's the yeah. real enemy here, Joe? Who's the real yeah, bad person? What I like, too, is then there's like another argument. Like, the AEW fans are getting that exact treatment from the New Japan fans, right? Like, you guys are still doing a pay-per-view, man. Like, everyone's just scoring points right now. WWE fans are struggling, though, in the box score, right? <laughs> it's a real tough outing right now. I mean, it, I know that you can kind of point to the stock market and such, but for the most part, they're getting dunked on a whole lot right now. So it's a really interesting time in the wrestling Twitter war that is absolutely definitely not unbearable, right? It's, it's a really interesting time. ROH fans. Where you at? Come on, stand up. You guys are doing good, right? Yeah, I'm ROH. I might become an ROH guy, Jeremy. I might do it now on the podcast. ROH, I think I'm all in. ROH uh, paid the, the women who were going to be in the t Quest for Gold tournament when they probably didn't have to, and they made good there. Like, ROH, they're upgrading Honor Club. They're actually adding stuff that you want to sign up for Honor Club. We're Team ROH, Joe. I, I think... I think we can just go ahead and and put our allegiance out there. Look, we're team we're team uh, Luther first over everything. Yeah. But right now, as far as brand full on company warfare, I think we're going to declare Team ROH. Well, I'm going to do it, Jeremy. I don't want to pull the curtain back, but the truth is, we never talk about ROH because we we don't want to be critical. That's really what it is, and <laughs> we've been on the books for a long time. And we we're always told that eventually the opportunity would arise to make this an ROH podcast. So, folks. Welcome to the ROH Weekly, which I believe is this, the working title for this podcast now. Um, we have a lot to talk about. We have a whole lot to talk about, Jeremy. I'm not quite sure what it is, but if they continue to give me episodes from the Briscoe's Chicken Farm, this could become an actual bit that sticks, which never happens on this show. So it would truly be an all-time moment. AEW had to call ROH stars Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon for their latest Being the Elite. They they needed the star power for Being the Elite. They called the top two stars in ROH. And look, everybody needs ROH right now. They're they're killing the business right now. They they are dominating the business. They are on top. When WWE goes under, Fox, CBS, they're all throwing their money to ROH. And just remember who is backing them first. I mean, I think we'll be on the announce team at that point. By then, I'd imagine we'd be kind of leading the broadcast, anchoring it, if nothing else. But, I mean, in all seriousness, like, legit, it is good to see them have good PR, right? Yes. That's fun. How long has it been, Jeremy? <laughs> like, HDNet days was the last time they had positive PR. Like, good for them. I'm actually legit happy to see a wrestling company doing something where you can actually, like, nod your head and say, yes, that is commendable. Good. Anything else, Joe? This was not our usual format on, on the Thursdays. Think, the Fink, Jeremy. The Fink. Oh, yeah. We have to do... Have you, like, any just standout Fink memories? Or are you like me? It's just like, that voice is iconic. Yeah. And that's just... That is what it is, right? The greatest of all time. 
yeah, it, it's it's really just the voice that there's no singular call because every yeah. time he announced a new champion, like it just felt special. Every time he the the Royal Rumble rules, like when he read those, that always made the Royal Rumble feel like real and important. Like when he would just run everything down and he's like, and now the man who drew number one, like that just I like all right, it's Royal Rumble time. Howard Finkel, absolute legend. Yeah, I was. I mentioned the other week, like that talking shop, when I was concerned about Gallows and Anderson, and I did. I was a little bit like legitimately concerned when they were talking about that Fink, and they were saying that like his health wasn't great, because Gallows loves doing that impression, and he didn't. He stopped doing it in in uh, respect to Fink, and I was worried about that. Um, but man, like if ever there was a time this news hit hard, it was for this time, right? But we just didn't. I mean, I don't want to say it distracted us because God, we didn't. We didn't need that, but. It's it was nice if nothing else to see Swan outpouring again, right? And Fink is such an iconic figure. Like he really is it's so easy to sit here and be like greatest of all time, greatest it, but he is definitely the greatest of all time. Like, he's irreplaceable. No one's ever gonna be another Fink. Wrestlers with the way wrestling is, you have great wrestlers, you have good wrestlers, you have loads of people in between, and it's like one era has this great wrestler, the next Fink covered so many eras, right? That like you're never gonna have another announcer like him. There's some great ones. They're not Fink. That's just the way he is. Yeah, he. I mean, he started in the '70s and was there through just a couple years ago. Um, as far as just you know being brought back and whatnot. Uh, the the moment with, with CM Punk when he announced CM yeah. Punk. Like, there, there's so many good think memories but obviously the the biggest one is just the voice like you just recognize wrestling with the voice when he would set up the main event or announce the new champion whatever it was and i mean he wrestled the 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 tuxedo match with harvey whippleman five-star classic obviously um but it sucked seeing that today and just you're right in that it distracted everything from yesterday but obviously like not the best distraction yeah it's not really the distraction we wanted uh but it did take our minds and yeah the outpouring of of love and adoration for him did remind you like all right there are good people and good things in this business uh after what happened yesterday it didn't seem like it that's what i'm yeah that's what i mean i obviously like you know life and death way past you know, guys losing their job, we, we sympathize with that, but it's like, think dying at that time, like every reaction on my social media feed before you saw the outpouring and any of that was just like, man, one awful 24 hours of news, right? Yeah. And that was the only reaction to have. Um, but I don't know what his health was like in the last few years of his life, but everyone just has nothing but glowing praise of Fink. And, and that adds to it, right? Like it's, it's great when you see the tributes, you see so many awesome videos of his announcing, that's cool. But when you get the personal kind of like towers of Fink and how great he was to people, that's just, it adds a lot to that kind of the reputation he already had. So yeah, it's tragic, man. It's, it's awful, but it's always, um, it's, it's telling in its own way. I mean, obviously when a guy passes, you're always going to see like a reaction like that. But when it's so, there's so many personal touches on these, right? We think like, and people from all areas, Kathy Kelly had this wonderful story about Fink. And, like, you say he was there in the 70s, man. And Kathy Kelly has a story about him. Like, guys, and a very, very long time. 
believed by that. So, yeah, it was I, I thought we had to mention him, right? It's, just, it's, it's such an awful thing to think this. You're lost in everything that's going your audio and video is, is really bad right now. Um, not sure what's going on. But oh, that's very sad. Yeah, I the gist of that was a lot of people from a lot of different eras. You mentioned Kathy yes. Kelly. Um, all just yeah, he he was part of so many eras and you know touched so many people's lives and interacted with so many people that I'm sure everyone has a Fink story. And yeah, just an awful awful time. And we did have to mention that. And I apologize for. Look, it's been it's been a long couple of days. As I was saying, we didn't follow our traditional format today. We just kind of talked and and didn't have a list of topics that we typically do. But definitely needed to talk about uh, the Fink and everything that that he was able to do in wrestling and just the again his voice, just that that voice in wrestling. And I I'm sure WWE will give him a a very good video package on Friday. Um, I I hope it's hope it's better than the ones they've given him over the years because they did embarrass him a lot of times over the years like let's let's remember the the good times with him not the stuff where you tried to you know make him out to to look like a fool and everything but sad news with the fink passing and yeah joe thanks for ending the show on a downer with that i know man and my and my connection right so like this has just been an absolute (laughs) mess of a conclusion to the show but yeah, I just we had to mention him. I guess we just had to. Yeah, iconic for sure. Um, we will be back. Um, we were gonna have an announcement for today's show on kind of our weekend plans. I'll go ahead and just kind of spoil it out there right now because why not? Um, essentially, what Joe and I were gonna do were, was like a WWE My League type thing where we created. Everyone knows those those gimmicks online of. Hey, build the perfect roster with $15 and then you got the different tiers and everything. People love doing that stuff. So we actually expand. Joe did all the legwork on this. I just told him what was good and bad. Um, (laughs) But Joe expanded all this to like, let's use the entire WWE roster. Let's have a salary cap, you know, get them in tiers and stuff. And then we build our rosters. Like we're, we're starting a new league and stuff and we had this all mapped out and we were going to do it on the weekend we were going to do our first show on the weekend and and go from there see kind of where it took us obviously with what happened yesterday we're kind of putting that on hold for right now because there were a lot of people involved on the tiers that were you know no longer with the company it just didn't feel right to try to do this with everything that was going on we will bring something back at some point with that um we're also i'm making this announcement right now because we need to end on something positive joe knows nothing about this by the way when tew 20 comes out which will be in a couple weeks we are going to bring back that series it is not going to be the monday night wars uh i will still get the goon involved one way or another i promise you (laughs) We're going to do kind of a fantasy type federation where we're using all the top stars and stuff. Um, but that'll be something for the weekend. So essentially what our schedule is like during this whole pandemic, as far as we're trapped inside Tuesdays, we're going to review WWE wrestling movies, movies involving wrestlers, whatever it might be. Thursdays will be our usual show where we covered the stuff that actually happens in wrestling. And then Saturdays will be sort of our kind of like fantasy gimmick 
type self-indulgent podcast that goes too long and then but bret hart's gonna say he likes it and that's all that matters that's all that's ever mattered to me jeremy <laughs> them messages from bret hart that's all it keeps me going so don't complain yeah, about more show that we're doing more shows in the middle of a pandemic really people you're gonna complain that we're giving you more content in the middle of a pandemic don't want to hear it yeah, I mean, I I must admit that announcement has caught me caught me uh, by surprise, but I'm excited nonetheless. Very excited for the goon returning. Um, yeah, promising times ahead, Jeremy. You might not seem like it now, but I, I assure you, some good things are ahead. Even if only on our very silly podcast. You knew the TEW announcement was coming. You just didn't know oh. when I was going to make it. <laughs> Something. I'm, I'm trying. About. I'm trying to firmly cement myself as the babyface here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be fan voted or anything, so I'm going to just pretend I had no clue. I don't even know what TEW is. What are you talking about, Jeremy? I have no clue. <laughs> fan no. voting. What are we voting on? But I don't know. Better show. I God. They have a grading system on the game, right? Who needs it? Yeah. Who needs the fans, Jeremy? Who needs them? <laughs> Nobody right now. Have you seen wrestling? Mm. It's doing great with no Boom. fans. New boom period. That's what I hear. <laughs> uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Holbert five. Uh, no features coming. I'm trying to get him to write nope. a feature about, nope. I have no idea what I'm trying to push you to write about. It's not <laughs> happening regardless. No, I watching wrestling is enough for now. Watching <laughs> wrestling right now is a task that I will do without complaining too much. Jeremy. I'll do it. It's fine. But the writing about wrestling is a whole other thing in this kind. I mean, I have to, to do it at some point because like i don't know how long we're watching the shows like this but for now i will just assume that this is a time i could ignore because it feels like it's a time i can ignore to be honest it feels yeah it definitely feels yeah. like a time where nothing really matters uh you can follow me on twitter at jeremy lambert 88 you can yell at me on twitter for my takes if you want uh sign up to fightful select apparently you're supposed to yell at me for that because we put news yep. behind a paywall and that's my fault um, but sign up to FIFA Select so Joe and I can get haircuts. I think that's our kind of running thing. Now, Joe actually doesn't care to get a haircut. Um, <laughs> no, I'm getting ready for a top guy run, pal. I'm growing it out. I'm going full kind of gaijin star is my is my hope here. So I don't need the haircut, but I still would like you to do that for my friend Jeremy. He would like the haircut, you know what I'm saying? So even though I can't see him right now, so I will never know when he gets this haircut, but I still would like you to help him get the haircut. Uh, hopefully I'll have my new com- or my old computer back in the next couple of weeks, and so yes. you will be able to see me again. Joe does this show blind, essentially. <laughs> has no idea what I look like the entire time. Not even sure I'm here. For all he knows, like I could just I could be throwing my voice or something. I mean, you could make a real four of me, right? Like, you yeah. really could do a lot here. <laughs> it really, the audience could get a very different experience than I can, but I am currently staring at your initials and a picture of myself. So <laughs> it's always an interesting, whenever my eyes are kind of wandering, I'm not ignoring Jeremy. I just have nothing to look at. So, yes, you are correct. Um, that is something I look forward to, seeing your new haircut, because people will subscribe <laughs> after this, right? They're going to say, I can't get any, I've got to get more of this stuff. And especially when you start, you know, when a documentary comes into the works, of the behind the scenes of the distraction. That's when the game changes from there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back definitely on Tuesday to review WWE main event on Netflix. Get excited.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.